Welcome back into the great Scott show. The great sports callers open think tank. Weather update for you from the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab and Daniel Phillip. 30% chance of shower thunderstorms throughout the day. High of 88. It is cloudy. Phone lines are now open at 269-1077, 337-269-1077. Joining me now is Charlie Long. He and Lynn will be hosting Beyond the Game today. Steve Peliquin on vacation. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Scott. How's it going? It's going well, man. NCAA baseball. We uh, we just talked with Glenn. Didn't really hit on it in the first hour. Uh, talked a lot of NBA playoffs and a couple of football stories, but uh, hitting on the regionals a little bit more this hour. And right at the gate, I know you followed it closely. What in your mind is the biggest surprise of the tournament thus far? The biggest surprise of the tournament. That's pretty tough. I think Notre Dame scoring 50 runs in three games was pretty surprising. 50. They were thought as a defensive team with some good pitching, a solid offense, but, you know, they came out and won all three games they 26 played. 26 to 3. That's what I'm saying. They literally scored 50 runs in three football, games. That is a football score for sure. Oh, yeah. They were incredible uh, this weekend. It's it's just wild. And now, yeah, they advance. Uh, South Alabama. I, yeah. I had to... Honestly, I had to. I didn't. I didn't watch the game um, against against Florida, but it was one of those deals where I had to check my phone. Like, is this right? Like, you know, is this is this a fake account? Like, what's going on here? Nineteen to one in Correct. an elimination game. Yes. Um, it was. You know, whenever you lose one nothing to Miami, it 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 felt in a big way like God. They were so close. You felt like they they kind of. Lost their that was their best chance. You get that first game, you nineteen to one. The next day, they come back, they beat Miami, they eliminate them. Uh, uh, South Florida game suspended. It, it yeah, picks rain. up. I mean, there's but it's so they haven't advanced yet. But to be to be in the spot that they are is um, hats off to them. Yeah, definitely. When you when you look at the statistics, I think. 7% of teams that lose the first game of a regional go on to advance to the Supers. And South Alabama's put themselves in a position to do that. LSU's put themselves in a position to do that. I think the South Alabama game against Florida is probably one of the strangest anomalies I've seen in any level of baseball. Um, the sixth inning, can we talk about that? Yeah. I, I was watching it the whole time. It was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Florida was only down 4-1. to one. Right, I mean, it's it's a not insurmountable, right? They get the first two outs of the inning with a runner on second base, and then South Alabama proceeds to get ten straight two out hits. The only time I've ever seen anything like that was when it happened to Spencer Arigetti this year against Texas State, where Texas State got nine straight two out hits. But South Alabama did this to the University of Florida, fifteenth national ranked team in Gainesville in an elimination game. And and South Alabama's not known to have a great offense. Their strength, their strength yeah. is their pitching. Well, they got, they had exactly zero runs the game before. They had four hits, four hits in the entire first nine innings against Miami. Ten hits with two outs in the sixth inning. One of the strangest things I've ever seen. Tennessee is advanced. Um, Texas is advanced. I thought the Texas regional would be a little more entertaining, but. Outside of a close Arizona State Fairfield game, none of the games were really close. No, not really. Um, uh, Texas kind of dominated that regional. 
I was paying attention to the Ruston Regional, and La yep. Tech gets out 18-2 to two against Ryder. Okay, here they go, but they lose to NC State. Um, they eliminate NC State again. They're facing them. Tie game, grand slam. It just felt like a gut punch. They give up 14 runs, and NC State comes out of that one. A lot of folks felt like they were um, being overlooked. I guess the proof's in the pudding. I mean, they're coming out of that as the winner, but uh, tough for, for, for a lot tech who had a good turnout up there in Ruston. I know they were excited about hosting a regional, but they're, uh, they're, they don't have to get on a plane or a bus, but they do have to go home. Right. La Tech had a really good season, so hats off to them. I think the only – I picked NC State to win the regional, and I think the only way La Tech would have won the regional was had Alabama upset NC State in their first game. I think NC State was a pretty tough matchup, all things considered, against La Tech because they had the offense to keep up with La Tech. NC State's offense this year has been really, really solid. La Tech's has been – they've hung their hat on offense and hitting and, you know, their their lineup – so to have an offense really go head-to-head with them and be able to keep up with them, La Tech didn't have the pitching depth, depth to get um, all those outs that they needed to get to win those games. So having to beat NC State two out of three times, it just wasn't happening. The uh, Vanderbilt, many many feel like they can win the whole thing. I know a lot of fix of folks have picked them. They're the number four overall national seed. They go through their region one scathe, but some – Really close games against Georgia Tech. I think a one-run game and then yeah. one yesterday where, uh, you know, they had a grand slam that still didn't get the whole job done. Mm-hmm. And extras, Georgia Tech ended up kind of keeping the game going for a while. But it was uh, it was, it was was another one of those just wild, a lot of wild games yesterday. Oh, yeah. You're seeing scores in the dub, each team with double digits, just other one nothing games. I mean, you get. I guess it's kind of like in the NCAA basketball tournament. You say, well, you see a little bit of everything in the, in the first, you know, round or two. You kind of same thing with the regionals, man. You see a little bit of everything on the, that first, the first, you know, four days where you go from Friday to Monday. The NCAA regionals are one of my favorite, probably it's probably second favorite collegiate tournament in sports. Of course, behind the NCAA tournament, the basketball tournament. I think. At this point, teams are really running out of arms and running out of options to to throw innings and eat outs. So offenses are really trying to take advantage of that. That's why you see so many double digit games and crazy scores. Like I think the the Samford or uh, VCU and Campbell game last night was also both teams had double digit scores. So there's a lot of uh, high scoring affairs. You know, it's it's really about who can get the most outs at this point. It's it's kind of like a battle of attrition, and uh, that really makes it fun with the. Ven- I was surprised by Georgia Tech. I wasn't expecting much from them, but you know they really played Vandy tough, and, and you gotta really tip your hat to them because Vanderbilt's a really good team. As you said, they're one of the favorites. You know, if Arkansas somehow gets upset by Nebraska today, I would say that they're probably my favorite um, personally. So, ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. The um, couple of more things to hit on. We we'll circle back to LSU, which we hit on in the first segment. Um, Oregon State, Dallas Baptist. I know you like Dallas Baptist to win that regional. They're in the final today with uh, with Oregon State. Um, I mean, wh- that was more me picking Dallas Baptist was a little bit more of I, I <laughs> thought that TCU was kind of a weak national seed. I think that Notre Dame probably should have gotten the top eight over TCU, but TCU got it given to them. I've I've seen TCU a couple times this year. I mean, you all played TCU. In, in baseball, and they picked up a win against them. I mean, UL Monroe picked up two out of three against TCU. So I was not very impressed by TCU, even though they won the Big 12. 
Um, so I was willing to take a chance on a team like Dallas Baptist, who was solid all season long, and uh, they really proved me right with that that winner's match. And then TCU went on to get eliminated by Oregon State. So now we got a winner-take-all game today between Dallas Baptist and Oregon State. I'll be rooting for, uh, for DBU. You got a couple of games today at noon because of rain yesterday. So depending on who wins, it might be one game, might be two. And you got some decisive regional final games tonight, uh, Southern Miss, Ole Miss being one of them. Yes. That that in the state of Mississippi, oh, yeah. watching. Oh yeah, that's uh, there, there's some heated blood between those two teams. I'll, I'll tell you that. No love lost. Southern Miss scored 21 runs in their first game, uh, or in their second game rather. Yeah, against Southeast uh, Missouri. You know, they Southern Miss lost their first game, but they battled back and uh, beat Ole Miss yesterday. Now they get another shot at them and uh, LSU tonight as well at nine. I think Stanford's playing tonight. You got uh, got a number of games tonight. Oh yeah, Virginia, uh, Old Dominion, if I'm not mistaken, but. LSU, LSU, Oregon. What uh, what do you expect tonight? What's your what's your prediction here? Nine o'clock Central Time, first pitch. So another late night for uh, for Tiger fans that stay up to watch it. Well, LSU, they you know they got bopped by Gonzaga in the first game of the regional. They got shut down by Alec Jacob, the Gonzaga ace. And since then, they've had a lot of players step up. Um, you look at some of the pitching performances in the past three games with Garrett Edwards against Central Connecticut, where he was shut down out of the bullpen, like five scoreless innings, two hits. A.J. Labus had a really tough first inning, but then really came back and battled and ended up having a really solid performance uh, against Gonzaga in the, sec- in the second game uh, that they had to win. And then last night, the final, the nightcap uh, against Oregon, Javon Coleman, man, he was impressive. He's a fr- like So two of those three guys are freshmen, so they've had – these pitchers really step up. And then Dylan Cruz, what else can you say about the guy? 12, 12, he's been on base 12 of his 14 plate appearances in this regional. Just think about that for a second. He's hitting like close to 700 he's in, in, in Eugene. He's in the zone. He's locked in. He's in the zone. I think I think for LSU to win tonight, if you're asking for a key, I think they need to have one of uh, their other kind of premier hitters really step up between K. Dowdy, who's had a really tough regional, and Trey Morgan, who's had a good regional, but he went 0 for 4. I think last night he had a pretty tough game where he was just grounding out every at bat. So having one of those two guys, or maybe even both of them, really step up and give uh, give Cruz and, and Dugas a little bit of help, I think that's a really big key for the offense. And then for the pitching staff, you just got to see which guy steps up, right? Who's the next? You, you've seen three really great performances in the last three games. Who's the next guy to really step up and really – out and shut down a really good Oregon offense. We'll find out tonight. In the meantime, uh, that's Charlie Long. I'm Scott Prather, ESPN 1420. What, from a softball standpoint, I saw a lot of grinding of teeth of them forcing the young ladies to play one, yeah. two, three in the morning. They Typically, this is the day, this Monday each year in June, whether it falls on the 7th or the, the 1st or the 11th, whatever. It is the day that they begin – the Women's College World Series. And they've actually had to push it back. they got to play two semifinal games today due to weather. James Madison and Oklahoma will go at it again. Yes. Folks might remember when they kicked off the tournament, James Madison got it upset. Then you got Florida State and Alabama in a rematch tonight. The winner of those two games meet in a best-of-three series, now set for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I don't know if they've ever had to move the actual games of the Women's College World Series Championship Series but 
they're saying that they finally did it for bracket integrity, yet they were trying to get games in and teams were playing. Yeah. But Florida State beat Oklahoma at what, like 2 in the morning? And then yeah, they it was had in to, the middle of the night. They had to do COVID-19 testing at like 9.30 the next morning, factor in how long it takes after a game, go to the clubhouse, get dressed, get cleaned up, go to a hotel, bus over there, bus back. I mean, they must be exhausted. What, what, it, what about this story is um, – disturbing or or do you feel like the NCA did the best they could in this regard I think it's a little bit of like oversight on preparation for if something like that were to happen it's I think it's kind of yeah I think it's a little bit on the NCAA I, I, I it's a bad look in my opinion having having teams play in the middle of the night and then having to bust them back to start a game in the next morning right there's Teams are exhausted. It's, just, it's it's a real it's really a dumpster fire if I'm being completely honest. But well, uh, so why did they finally just why did they did they really just have no option but to finally just give in? Maybe it was just it may have been backlash because there was there was a lot of backlash. I saw it about, all over my timeline. Oh, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So there was plenty of backlash about hey, what are y'all doing? Like fix this. You talk about um, just going to bed at three a.m., waking up a few hours later, and just the hydration, the eating, the rhythms of sleep. It'd be one thing if you played till 3 a.m. because the game lasted 20 innings right. and you don't have to play till the next <clears throat> night or something. I mean, we see oddities like that from time to time, but that's different than what unfolded over there in uh, in Oklahoma City. But got to keep an eye on that a little bit. ESPN 1420.com. Um, Sunday was just loaded. I Again, I didn't spend money. I didn't spend any time watching – uh, some exhibition boxing match that apparently way too many of you, judging by my timeline, actually paid money for and then complained about. Um, oh yeah, but you got to see Chad Johnson people... get knocked out. Okay, well, is that was that worth the money you spent? I fifty mean, fifty dollars for that? Can you believe Floyd Mayweather just making him and Paul making a lot of money? I'm not going to be a mark, and um, I don't really care what happened. I did not buy that. Ticket. The uh, but I, I was look, I was following the regionals, I was following LSU Oregon, and I was watching. United States men's national team in um, just uh, playing Mexico anytime they play. It doesn't matter if it's a friendly or if it's the Nations League final like it was last night. It is so intense. Heated. Yep. You, you cannot recreate the intensity of that, man, the nastiness of oh, it. Oh, yeah. Uh, and for the U.S. to come out of there, you know, I mean, Mexico gets a goal like right out of the gate. You're like, in the oh, first God. like minute. Here we go. Like, here we go. But to have Christian Pulisic, who. Is just you know first U.S. born player to win uh, a Champions League, be part of a Champions League championship. I mean, the guy's twenty two. He's getting you know I think he's got a seventy five million dollar contract playing mm-hmm. overseas for the best soccer team in the world. Like this is the like great hope for the U.S. in terms of um, them finally doing something on the national scene for him to leave Champions League celebration, fly, start playing with the team for the CONCACAF Nations League tournament and basically step up in a big way last night, uh, hits the penalty shot, then, okay, extra time, second frame of extra time, Mexico gets a penalty shot and, you know. A great save. Oh, my God, dude. Gorgeous save. You can't – you just can't recreate stuff like that. It was uh, it was pretty amazing, man. I uh, I loved loved every second of it. Uh, I you know the chance the the nastiness of the fans just across the board. But yeah, Ethan Horvath to come up with that save oh, yeah. 
was just, you felt in that moment like, good God, they're actually going to do this. A um, lot of heavy challenges, a lot of scuffles, a lot oh, yeah. of nastiness, and I was just eating it up because I don't, I don't watch Champions League, I don't watch um, the MLS, but I always watch the U.S. when they're playing nationally, whether it be the World Cup, whether it be like last night when the women play, when the men play, like I'm in. Oh, yeah. And 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 to me, it's it's not just the game that draws me in. It's just that it's like the. That's the energy. I know that sounds cheesy and cliche, but it's just undeniable. Like when I watch it and I see how into it everyone is and what's on the line and the fact that it's not like you see the national team a ton on TV. It's not, yeah, they have a lot of soccer matches all the time, all over the world, every day. But in terms of this specific line of soccer, you don't get that a lot. It's why the World Cup is such a big deal. It's every four years. Like if the World Cup was – Twice a year, I probably wouldn't be that into it, Charlie. If it was yeah. in every summer, I guess I'd get into it a little bit every four years. And when they didn't, you know, even make it, you know, in 2018, that was just that was just such a bummer. You lose to Trinidad and Tobago. It just felt like rock bottom. So, yeah, tonight felt – the last night felt good, man. It felt good. Oh, definitely. And I didn't really get to watch the game because I was watching the LSU-Oregon game. Um, but I went online and I looked at the highlights afterwards and, you know – I don't watch a whole lot of soccer. I mean, I'm kind of like you. I watch the World Cup. I watch, you know, different U.S. matches when they play, uh, and, and they're doing well. Uh, but I went up and I went and looked up the highlights of the game, and that was probably one of the more exciting, like, 20 minutes I've spent watching soccer. <laughs> it's awesome, dude. It was, it was, like, legitimately exciting. And people in the comments are like, oh, this is one of the best games I've ever seen. I'm like, great. I'm glad that – you know, this is everyone else thinks that this is great because I thought that that was a lot of fun. And I mean, obviously, I have rooting interests. I'm obviously rooting for the U.S., but Horvath was a backup yeah, goalie. That was amazing. And he came in and he made like three or four crazy saves. Like he was, some, some felt like he shouldn't even been on the team. Like he struggled for playing time uh, with the, the 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 team he plays for regularly, and then he comes in to the U.S. team and Zach Steffen's the the guy. He gets hurt. I think in the 69th or 70th minute with a knee injury. Yeah. Horvath comes in and he's got, I mean, he's from Colorado. Mm-hmm. So he's got all these friends and family in the stands. He makes, he showed out. The big, he makes some crucial saves, but none bigger than you got the Mexico captain up there with a penalty shot. You're like, all right, they're just going to play all night. And then yeah. he, he, he waits to the last second and just, just does it perfect. It was just, it was beautiful, man. Oh, yeah. You could see the confidence growing with him too, like by the second. It was a, uh, Young team, I don't know what it means for next summer or anything like that, but so many times I've seen them just fall flat on a big stage, and last night it was the opposite. It just felt like if you're going to grow as a young national team, you got to face adversity within a game. you got to face all the challenges, how you respond to it, and it seems like last night you can't mimic any of that in practice. You really, you really can't mimic it in a friendly either, you know, um, but they were able to – you know, win a trophy and have a big moment and build a lot of confidence and entertain the hell out of me. So I was down with it. And for Horvath to make that big save after Pulisic made made the penalty kick that people were apparently complaining about later on. Like I thought, I don't watch too much soccer, but that kind of looked like a clear penalty to me. Like he kind of got trucked in the box. 
So for him, for Pulisic to make that kick and then shush the crowd, and it was a one of the greatest pitchers I've seen out of, out of U.S. soccer. Throwing They're throwing like beer and, and snacks and stuff from the stands on him as he's shushing the crowd. Like to, for that to happen, and then for on the other end for them to get the penalty kick in the 120th minute for Horvat to come up like huge and get the block. Man, that was that's that's what fun soccer is all about, in my opinion. The intensity of those games. I mean, you if you go back and read about some of the things that were said or oh, done yeah. to like players when they're playing overseas. There was a game, there was a match in Mexico years ago when the U.S. played there, and some of the just heinous things the fans would do. I mean, some of them would like throw urine at the players yeah. or say like the most foul stuff, but these players are so, like it or not, appropriate or not, they're just kind of used to, they're kind of used to it. So yeah. like fans throwing debris on the field, it's like whatever. Which is incredible Bring it. because Bring it. you kind of see what's what's going on in the U.S. with um, some of the NBA playoff games, right? That it was a big deal in the first round of the playoffs. How there were multiple incident inc- incidents of there were three fan, yeah, fans throwing stuff at players or spitting on players and stuff like that, and that was a huge deal here. Like the media took it and, and ran with it, and 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 it is. It's just it's kind of like it. Different sports. Yeah, like it, it, it's a different kind the of way, culture. The way the way you would say like if a if a if a pitcher hits a player in MLB and he charges the pitcher. Yeah, and the bench is you know the dugout's clear, whatever. There might be some swings here or there, as long as no one's like significantly injured. Yeah, a couple guys get suspended. Fans get into it. They're like, man, did you see that? Man, that was awesome. Or why did he do that? But they get into it. But there's not this this. Um, there's not the, how to what was the word I'm looking for. There's sort they're not the, there's not this vitriol reaction of this is disgusting. Like pearl clutching. Sure, like but but in the NBA, if there's like a brawl between two teams and they're real fist throwing, it's like it's just a different standard. In the yeah. NFL, for that matter, if helmets come off and someone swings a helmet or something, it's like in hockey, I mean, fighting's part of it. It's not as much as it used to be, but it's still actually part of the game. I know mm-hmm. they've tried to kind of get rid of goons and stuff over the years in hockey, but Sport to sport, it's kind of the same with, like, fan behavior. And, um, you know, as long as no one is, like, if someone ever got, like, significantly injured on U.S. soil because a fan, you know, did something out of line, then I think you, you start to see those headlines. Deal. But, yeah. like, it's different sports are viewed differently. And I'm not saying it's why I'm – not, I'm not trying to, like, get into why or why not or that one's bad or one's, you know, one's not. It's just – it's just reality. It's just the way it is. Just like other things in the sports, how in one sport it's one thing and another, you could say, well, what's the difference? How come it's like this? And I don't know. I'm just telling you that that's the way it is. I think the perfect example of that is like how it's just how it is, quote unquote. Um, a fan threw a bottle at a U.S. player and the U.S. player just ducked out of the way. Did you see the video of that? Mm-hmm. And it trucked into the uh, the Mexican player. It's like you hit your own guy. Yeah, like, yeah but, at the end, it hit him yeah. in the face. But seeing the U.S. player see it coming and just duck out the way, it's like he was expecting it. And the first the first time after, you know, Pulisic's uh, goal, they, there was a U.S. player that got, like, nailed in the face. With oh, the really? kind of hit the ground and had Jeez. to be helped off. So I think he's going to be all right, though. But um it's wild, man. It's yeah. just, it's just different and, world. And, and I, I'm not, I'm not encouraging it, but it's part of that. It's, it's almost like that, that, that element of danger on the surface. Like, holy, like, I don't know what, I don't know what these fans. I don't know what's going to go on here. Mm-hmm. It adds to sort of that 
feeling in your stomach, like the you could call it excitement, you could call it stress, anxiety, whatever. It adds that's all part of that energy that I'm talking about. That when you see a game like that, you're like, it just draws me in, man. It just draws me in. That's it. That's it. 41 after the hour. That's Charlie Long. He and Lynn Burton have um, beyond the game today. Charlie, what you guys got in store? Probably first round of NBA playoffs. Maybe a little bit more regional talk. A little talk, a little bit more into certain regionals that we didn't really get into. Good and, stuff. Uh, and a lot of elimination games today. Looking forward to that.